All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show our brash and outspoken friend, the great American winning machine himself, Colby Chaos Covington. Pleasure, as always, to have you back on the show, Colby. What's the good word at American Top Team today, man? Oh, not much. Just just living the American dream, man. Working hard every day. That's the values we believe in at American Top Team. So thanks for having America's champion back on the show. <laughs> as always, my friend. Listen, there's much to discuss, but before we jump into it, uh, I wanted to ask you about your visit with the troops. I know this isn't the first time you've done something like that, uh, but it was the first time you visited American servicemen and women as a champion. How was that experience? Oh man, the experience was so humbling and rewarding. You know, the, you know, I, I've done this a lot in the past, and, and I made promises in the past. I said, "Hey, I, I told all the troops in an installation, thousands of troops. We watched the fights together in the past, and I said, hey, I'm going to win the UFC title. I'm going to get that gold belt, and I'm going to bring it back.' And they were all fired up and excited. So, you know, I got the world title in the UFC, and, and I, I had to make my promise. So I went back to the troops. I brought back the belt, and just to see the look on their faces, man, they're all just. They just, you know, they loved it. They really, you know, that motivated them. They, they all were telling me, man, this is giving me great motivation, you know. And, and then, you know, just to be able to go and work hard every day, believe in your dreams, and never give up on your dreams. So it was a really humbling experience just, just going to visit each and every soldier and, and really just taking good time with them and, and getting to do their routine, you know, waking up in the morning, doing a ruck march. One day I got to do put the 70-pound backpack on my back and, and got to do a ruck march and run a couple miles with those guys. And I even put the belt on it, and they're all fired up. So <laughs> it, it was a great day. Uh, it was just, it was a great weekend, man. I spent uh, three full days with them just going through routine, and, and, and I'm just thankful for the, the opportunity. Well, it's awesome that you give back, and I always commend you for that, but it sounds to me like you got a lot more involved this time. You went out and actually trained with them, doing the stuff that they would be doing to prepare themselves for combat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I wasn't just going to go there and sit on my butt the whole time and just show them the belt. You know, I wanted to make, I wanted to show them, you know, that, that I'm willing to do whatever they're willing to do. I'm willing to work hard just like them. I'm willing to, to, to train with them. And, and it gave me more inspiration. I was drawing a lot of inspiration out of them. Though. I mean, I have great cardio. Those guys freaking have out of this world cardio. I mean, they're waking up every morning at 5 a.m. And, and running these seven mile runs and then, and then going and cleaning out barracks and then, and then cleaning airplanes and just just the vigorous schedule they go through i wanted to put myself in, in their shoes for a couple of days and, and see what they have to and, and i have nothing but respect man those guys they put it all on the line they put their lives on the line every day and, and that's why i'm so honored to to represent the usa and represent all the military servicemen because those are the people who give me my freedoms and opportunity to go make a living like i do so big thank you to all the servicemen and women out there Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you 100%, man. Although I can imagine that you waking up at 5 a.m., you, you must have uh, not liked that too much. Yeah, it, w it was tough. You know what's funny about that is uh, they sat me down after one of the runs. They're like, okay, well, Kobe, let's hear a day in a life. You know, and I'm talking like a thousand different uh, of these troops in this certain, uh, certain, uh, uh, certain, uh, oh, sorry, I'm taking, oh, uh, I was talking to them. And the, and their certain brigade, you know, in their in their group, and and they're all like, "Oh, Colby, what's your schedule like? What's your normal day look like?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't wake up normally till about noon." And then they all started laughing at me because, <laughs> you know, I, that that's a regular day for me. You know, I wake up at noon, get my day started, you know, and that's what that's a boss schedule. I try to tell them, but you know, I was willing to sacrifice and wake up early for them. You know, just I mean, it it was easy to get up early for them to get up that early because just to see what they put on the line and sacrifice every single day for our freedoms. Right. 
you know, it's an unbelievable feeling. You know, you, you, you can't get the feeling unless you really go out there and do it. There's no justice for me telling you how good of a feeling it is. I mean, you have to go experience it to really feel the effects of it. Right, and for all the sacrifice they make for us on a daily basis, you know, waking up 5 a.m. once or twice, it, totally doable for the champ. Absolutely, more than doable, man. It was it was my honor to do that. So, you know, I wanted to show my gratitude and appreciation to them, and and put my myself in their shoes for a couple of days, and 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 I thought they re- they really respected that, and uh, it was just an overall great visit. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a habit of doing that after every one of my fights. I want to go to a different uh, station. You know, the next one I got on my agenda, I want to go to Fort Bragg in North Carolina. So I've had some some talks with them, and and. Uh, that's that's what's going to be next is Fort Brad. But big thank you to uh, Fort Fort uh, Eustis Langley. It's it's a joint base. It's an Army base and an Air Force base. It's over in uh, in Virginia. So big thank you to those guys for having me and showing me around their installation and, and just let me uh, hang out with all the different troops. I, it was this unbelievable life changing experience for me. Yeah, no, like I said, man, it's awesome that you give back in that regard, and and, and I can't commend you enough. I, I wish more fighters would would do just the same. Uh, but, you know, being the patriotic American that you are, you must be pretty excited about the possibility of uh, Trump Jr. coming to your next fight. Seems like you and Trump Jr. are becoming uh, pretty good buddies. Yeah, me and me and Trump Jr. got a good relationship. You know, he he reached out after my fight and told me congratulations. You know, he appreciated the support of him and his father. And, and you know, we've, we've kept in touch. You know, he reached out to me on Twitter. He sent me a message saying that, you know, if I fight in MSG at New York, he would love to come down the road and support me with the Trump family. So we keep in good touch, man. I got a lot of respect for the Trump family and what they're doing for America and our economy and just everything. They're fighting for our country, and they put our country first. They re- the Trump family really does love this country with all their heart, and they put the country first before themselves. So big, big love to the Trump family, and hopefully I can come to New York and put on a show for them. Absolutely, man. So speaking of your next fight, you've clearly stated that you want to be on this MSG card. Uh, and it sounds like we just have to wait for Woodley to agree at this point. Uh, considering the news about Tyron injuring his hand, uh, do you truly believe that November 3rd is going to work out or we may be looking at December at this point? Uh, you know, it's a possibility. You know, Tyron, that's fake news about his hand being hurt. We all know that because right after the fight, he was saying, hey, I'm ready to fight uh, in November. I'll fight Colby at MSG. And he said he was ready to go. But you know, I think it's more that the UFC, they don't want to give him that spot. spot. They don't want to reward him that main event because they hate him. He, he doesn't know how to sell fights. He doesn't know how to promote fights. And he just complains, man. He's been given everything. He's been super, silver spoon fed. You know, he's been paid millions to piggyback off of Connor and John Jones. And he just consistently shoots himself in the foot every time he opens his mouth. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, I would love for it. That's where I want it to be at the most iconic arena, MSG. You know, the same place that Hulkamania started at the Garden in 84. So, I want to come there and make welterweight great again in the Garden in November. Now, you had told me last time we spoke that that you would be rooting for Woodley in a very rare circumstance. I know that you're probably at least happy that he won the fight, but what did you think of Woodley's performance, and what was your reaction to him receiving his black belt? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't anything special. You know, he's definitely he stepped up his game. I, he's, he should be giving me credit for for his performances because he's had to step up his game because he knows I'm breathing down his neck now. He knows what's coming. So now he's working harder and he, you know, so he should be giving me credit. It wasn't that impressive of a fight. The Tillsbury Doughboy, he's overhyped. He should have never even been in that title fight. He's missed weight three times in the UFC. He got a gift decision in his hometown against, against choir boy. He got a, he beat a over the hill clown boy from Greg Jackson. So the guy's a joke. He should have never been in the title fight in the first place. He was overhyped. 
you know, the UFC put the hype and marketing machine behind him. So it, it was a complete joke. He landed a hot zero significant strikes in a, in a title fight. Good job, buddy. You neglected your family. You left your kid in Brazil. You didn't take any responsibility for your family and you landed zero, zero strikes. So I think that showed that that guy's not championship worthy. He's, he's in the JV level and he should have never been fighting for a title. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't able to get any offense going, and a lot of people are agreeing with just what you're saying, that it looked like he had no business in there at all. No, no business. He, you know, he's not ready for that. He's too young. He's, he's not experienced. He's not mature. Maybe someday, maybe five, six, seven, eight years, maybe he changes, but he's not on this level, man. There's levels to this, and that's why I tried to tell the UFC in the first place, don't make that tail fight. Just wait a month for me. I can fight Woodley in a month, but they didn't want to wait a month. Woodley didn't want to wait a month. That's what it was. He, didn't want, he doesn't want to fight me, man. He's, he's ducking me at every opportunity. He had the perfect opportunity, Jason, to set up this mega fight, to promote it, to fucking shoot the crazy promo on me that's going to put more money in his bank account. And he said, oh, I'll fight whoever. You know, he blew the opportunity. So it's pretty sad. You know, he won his number one contender fight over the weekend. He had opportunity to fight for a big fight and fight for the title against me. But, you know, he blew that to make it bigger. So... You know, the guy, just like Dana says, he consistently shoots himself in the foot, and, and he did that again over the weekend. It's pretty sad. Tyrone's a sad individual. Yeah, you know, the the, the promotional thing was something I wanted to get to here in a moment, but you mentioned Dana. Uh, did What did you make of Dana's expression when he put the belt on Woodley and Dana skipping the press conference for that matter? Oh, I didn't know he skipped the press conference. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, who wants to listen to Tyrone Woodley talk, man? Let's be honest. The guy... The guy, every time he opens his mouth, he shoots himself in the foot. He, I mean, he just won a number one contender fight. He's there to promote his next fight, and he's he's fucking promoting his rap album. That's what he says after he wins his fight. His biggest UFC fight, and he's promoting his rap album. Ha, Jason, where's that going to debut in the charts? Let's be honest. Where's his, his rap album going to debut in the charts? It's going to be one of the worst songs of all time. So it was pretty pathetic. You know, he gives a shout-out to Wiz Khalifa. Which, by the way, he invited Wiz Khalifa to his fight, but Wiz Khalifa doesn't give a fuck about Tyron Woodley, so obviously he wasn't in attendance. So you know, but that's the story of Woodley's career. He just goes and takes pictures with with all the the A list celebrities like like uh, Wiz Khalifa and all these guys in Hollywood. They don't give a fuck about him. They don't even know who he is or care for him. So you know, just it goes back to the sad individual man. He's pathetic, man. Yeah, I mean, you made the great point earlier this week, and you continue to make it now that. You know, Woodley not using that opportunity to cut a promo on you and get the ball rolling. Do you think it's a lack of respect thing for you, or do you think he might possibly uh, look for a different matchup next? I mean, of course he's looking for a different matchup. He knows my style is terrible for the way he fights. Pressure fighters he does he's never done good against. You know, Nate Marquardt, uh, Jake Shields, fucking, and even Roy McDonald, you know, and those are three-round fights. So, you know, he doesn't want to fight me, man. He's never wanted to fight me from the start. He's been ducking me since last uh, November. We were supposed to fight last December, but he said, no, I, I'm not fighting Colby. I'll fight Nate Diaz. I'll fight GSP, but I'm not fighting Colby, so... You know, it's just a lack of he doesn't want to fight me, you know. And, and, and another thing it is, is is he's scared to say my name. Literally, he goes on these shows with Ariel Hawani, with with uh, Joe Rogan. He's, and before he starts the show, he says, hey, we're not going to talk about Colby. Don't even bring up Colby's name. I, there's no mention of Colby. If you bring up Colby's name, I'm not doing this show. So he threatens these reporters to not ever bring up my name because he doesn't want to give me attention. He doesn't want me to have spotlights. So he's just pathetic. He's just shooting himself in the foot like Dana always says and – and, and, and the guy is just pathetic. I mean, get, step your game up, man. Like, this is your money fight. This is everything you've ever wanted. You wanted a big money fight. Here's the money fight right in front of you. And you can't even fucking ask for it. You can't even say it and acknowledge it because 
He knows I'm going to end everything he worked for his whole life, his little Hollywood bullshit, his little shit where he talks about the Kardashians and swimsuits. That's all coming to an end after he fights me, Jason. Now, listen, you, you is, is that speculation or rumors you heard, or have you heard something factual that he specifically says do not bring up Colby before he does press? No, that's 100% factual. Go go ask Eric Hawani. Go ask Joe Rogan. 100%. Every time he's before he's went on the shows with Joe, on the Joe Rogan experience, he said, hey, we're not going to talk about Colby. Don't bring up Colby. That's why when Joe was in the was in the octagon on Saturday, he didn't want to say my name. Like He was like, okay, well, what do you want? Who do you want to fight next? And he didn't want to bring up my name. He brought up like Whitaker and someone else because Woodley has went to him specifically and said, hey, Joe, you're not going to bring up Colby. Don't talk about Colby because I'm not going to acknowledge it. And if you talk about it, I'm not going to ever talk to you again and give you stories. So so Joe's like, okay, I don't want to you know, piss off Tyron. I'm going to give Tyron his moment. But, you know, at the same time, he's waiting there. He's giving him the string, the line to, to, to build this fight and make it bigger. And, and he doesn't want to do it, man. He just wants to shoot himself in the foot. So, you know, the, the guy the guy is just literally amateur and JV. And, and he's just a joke, man. That's why no one wants to watch him fight. No one cares to watch him fight. No one's emotionally invested in any of, the, any, in any of his fights like they are with me. So, you know, everybody knows who the A side is. I'm on the A side. He's on the B side. Now, you mentioned rappers, uh, Woodley's rap album. I know you responded to Snoop Dogg already for the nonsense of him confusing Till for you, uh, but this, is, this isn't the first time he's pissed off UFC athletes. Matt Brown told me a few months ago that if he ever saw Snoop, he'd punch him in the face. Can the same be said for Colby Covington? No, I just, I'm just i a bitch slap him in the face. I'm not going to punch him because then he's going to go cry, and, and if I punch him, I'm going to break that little weak, uh, malnourished twig's uh, orbital bone. So, you know, I'm not going to punch him. I, he's brittle. You know, he's soft. It's pretty funny. I put a comment on his Instagram. I said, hey, you're a little malnourished twig. Uh, you look like uh, like you got Tourette's. And he, and he deletes the comment. How funny is that? This little gangster rapper, he's living in his little safe space, and he can't take a little comment. But, yeah, he wants to dish out all this shit. So, you know, I think it's just hilarious. He's a little yeah, fake I got, little bitch. I, I got a kick out of the California soy boy thing. I, that was pretty funny. <laughs> hey, it's, it's true, man. He's on that California soy diet. Now, uh, plenty of people were critical of this matchup. Nick Diaz specifically released a video on how terrible the matchup was and how the UFC needs to make better fights. Would you agree with Nick? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't agree with Nick ever, but I, I mean, I think he definitely hit the, the head on the, the coffin right there. I, I agree with that. You know, they can make bigger, bigger fights, but, you know, that, that they're, the UFC is going to do what they're going to do. They got their own business model. They're doing their own thing, so... You know, I respect what they're doing. They want to put fights together. And, and at the same time, they didn't have a fight to put together for them. They needed a main event, and they didn't have a main event. So, you know, he was, Woodley was the only guy with, with, uh, that they could put it as a main event for that pay-per-view. So, right. you know, it made sense that they kind of had to do that to, to fill their gap for what they messed up with their matchmaking and not planning their schedule accordingly. Now, I know you've taken aim at the Diaz brothers lately. You said to me personally uh, a few weeks ago that they know who runs the West Coast. Uh, is a fight with Nick still on your radar, and are you or are you solely focused on Woodley at this point? I mean, I'm over it at this point. I know Nick Diaz doesn't want to fight me. You know, if he wants to fight, dude, I'll put in the contract right now. We could do a boxing match. We could do Zufa boxing. You want to set up a boxing match? We could do a boxing match. I'll mark that dude's face up, dude. He he'll never fight again. I'll do no takedowns. I don't need to take down that little bum. He, he's past his time. He's over the hill. He's a joke. So that's easy money for me, man. I don't even need a training camp. He wants to. He can tell me when he wants to fight, train for his whole life, do whatever, and tell me a week before the fight, and I'll show up. No takedowns, just stand up, and I'll mark that little bitch's face up. So, 
you know, it, it's a fight that interests me. You know, he talks a lot of shit. He's put up some videos kind of talking shit about me. But, you know, he's just doing talking, man. He ain't walking the walk like I do, so. Yeah, I feel like everybody's kind of just waiting in the wings for if he's really going to come back or not. Do you think he will make a return to fighting? To be honest, no, I, I don't believe he will. I think he's just he's just using this as a platform to get attention. He wants to stay in the media. He wants to keep his name hot. You know, maybe he gets some sponsorship deals with some weed companies, but he's not going to fight, man. He's been saying the same shit for the last couple of years. You know, he he's already cashed out. He made his money, and, and he doesn't want to fight anymore. He's not a true fighter. So he's in the clubs every weekend, man. The dude's doing cocaine. He's fucking hookers. He's doing all that shit. He's, he's not here to fight. He's not here to make the UFC great again like I am. Now, getting back to Woodley here, you made it very clear that you have not yet been stripped of the title and that Woodley now has to fight you for the Undisputed uh, Championship. But at the end of the day, man, whether the title is stripped or not, as long as you're fighting Woodley for that belt, it, it, does it really matter to you? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he earned his number one contendership to fight me for the real belt. I got the real belt, man. He sat out for 13 months. How many fights has Woodley fought in the last year? He's fought one fight in the last 14 months. I fought three fights against three of the best killers in the division, you know. Dung Hum Kim, you know, the, the best fighter to ever come out of Asia, you know. Uh, Damian Maia, the best, one of the best fighters to ever come out of Brazil. RDA, a former champion who, who you know, is, uh, is one of the best fighters from Brazil. So, you know, my schedule is, you know, I've been staying active and busy. Woodley's been fucking doing his little bullshit in Hollywood, trying to make rap albums that are going to fail and doing his little B-list movie roles where he's a side stunt actor. So, you know, he's got the fake belt, man. I got the real belt. He, need, he needs to come see me in that octagon. I only want to fight Woodley. That's, I, I want to rip his face open. This is a real beef, dude. This isn't no manufactured beef like some of the other fights. This is real fucking beef. We got bad blood, and this needs to be settled soon. It's unfinished business. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, n not trying to get too deep here on you, I know that people still really can't wrap their head around your angle with promotion, and un unfortunately people mark out all the time like you were saying earlier this week, but Helwani brought up something that I think uh, is becoming a real concern for a lot of people right now, and that's the possibility of this thing becoming about race. You know, this country is on edge right now when it comes to those kind of things, and, you know, considering that Woodley's brought up race quite a bit, are you at all worried that the lead-up to this fight could take a turn for the worst? Jason, controversy creates cash, so... Whatever it needs Damn to take, I, I don't really care, man. It, it's, you know, people, I'm not racist. People can assume whatever they want to say. The people say Donald Trump's racist. He's not racist, you know? So whatever, if it takes a turn for the worse, whatever, controversy creates cash. Yeah, that, that's true, man. And at the end of the day, it's all about the dollar bills. You're prize fighting here, so. It, exactly. Now, a lot of people scoffed at the idea that the fight between you and Woodley uh, could be bigger than Connor and Khabib. You talked about the history between you guys, the juicy storyline that there is for promoting this fight. Uh, realistically, how do you think? How big do you think the fight could be, and, and what kind of numbers do you think it'll pull? I'm hearing rumors that uh, Woodley versus Till did terrible on pay-per-view sales. Yeah, I can't imagine Woodley and Till did over a hundred thousand buys. I mean, both guys don't know how to promote or sell a fight, and, and that's the difference. I know how to promote and sell a fight. So, you know, the thing with Woodley is, I built this fight from the beginning, Jason. This fight's been. Hot, hot serve ready to go for the last year i built this fight i know how to promote and sell fights so i'm gonna sell this fight woodley you know i'm gonna the thing is is i'm gonna put woodley on my back i'm gonna carry him i'm gonna do all the promotion all the selling of the fight i'm gonna carry it to the garden and then i'm gonna bury him at half court <laughs> what a quote you got there man now speaking of promotion and conor mcgregor what was your reaction to hearing that uh he wouldn't be doing media in the lead up to ufc 229 could you ever see yourself negotiating similar terms for a fight 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I completely understand where he's coming from. You know, he's over in Ireland. So to come from Ireland to come do a promotion in America, that's a little tough. You know, it, it takes out of your training schedule. You want to be you want to be training and working hard and preparing for your for your style matchup. So I get where he's coming from. You know, it gets a little tough when you're cutting weight to travel all over the place when you want to focus on really getting yourself ready to peak for your fight. So, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, he's gotten a little soft over the years. You know, he's doing his little cocaine. He's partying a lot with his hookers. So, you know, he, he's getting a little soft. He's a, he's a little, uh, he's a coked up little leprechaun who's, who's getting a little soft. So, you know, I completely understand why he doesn't want to do promotion. Now, for you, I mean, I get it with that, with the situation with him and Khabib. There's there's obviously a ton of stuff that can be cut, sound bites, uh, video, all of that. But is it kind of the same thing with you and Woodley? I mean, everything that's already been said between you guys and, and the story behind this fight, could you step back right now and do you think there'd be enough promotion to, to really sell the bout? What do you think? Personally, I'd say, uh, yeah, man, I think there's enough sound bites out there, especially on your end. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that that question is kind of self-explanatory. I, I think there's, there's nothing more that I need to say. I've been talking about Woodley for the last two years. I've been begging to fight him. I, You know, we trained together five or six years ago at American Top Team. He brought me out to St. Louis to get ready for Rory McDonald a couple years ago, give him that pressure fighting style. And, he, you know, he trained with me two times, and I just beat, him ass so, beat his ass so bad that he didn't want to train anymore. So I think there's... There's more than enough material for them to promote, you know. They can do, they can do the the red side versus blue side promotion aspect. I mean, there's so many different angles to run with it. Two former American team, or top team teammates, you know, two guys that managed by Dan Lambert. You know, there's just there's so many there's so many ways to go with it. You know, I, there's really not much I need to say. We just need to get in the octagon and let me show the world how much of a joke he really is. Right. I mean, this this really is a no brainer fight as far as marketing promotion and and uh, putting together uh, a big money fight, like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 been built. You know, the hooks are in. You know, the, we the world needs to know the way that this needs to be marketed. You know, he's a soft ass little liberal snowflake. I'm a fucking badass motherfucking Republican. So, you know, he, he he's like he's like Hillary Clinton in a way. He's crooked. So that's why we call him Two Faced Tyrone. You can't trust anything he says. So. You know, I'm like more like Trump, you know, I'm, I'm grabbing all these pussies and I'm putting them in their place. Now, you remember a long time ago when we I first started doing interviews with you, you told me that you had dirt on Tyron in regards to some uh, skeletons in his closet. Is that something that might come out in the pro in the promotion of this fight, the lead up to this fight? Yeah, definitely. There's some things I got some aces spades in my back pocket. So if that dude, uh, if he slips up with anything, he's. I, you know, I got real dirt on him. You know, I know some real shit, some real storylines that, that that would would ruin his career and ruin his life, really. So, you know, they might come out of this fight. You know, we'll have to see. You know, I'm, the thing about me is I'm chaos and I'm unpredictable. So you just never know what I'm going to do or what I'm going to say. I got everybody on the edge of their seat. <laughs> All right, listen. Changing gears here for a moment before we wrap this up. Uh, now with the speculation that John Jones might be returning at UFC 230, I know you talked about this a little bit earlier this week, but I'm wondering if you guys were to be on the same card, how would that go? What would take place if you guys crossed paths? I'd fucking double leg that little fucking twig and put him on his head, dude. His little, his legs are like, like maybe five or 10 pounds. He's got little skinny stick figure legs. So he knows what's up. We used to wrestle back in the day. I was central when we were roommates. So if we came in path, dude, I'll put him on his head, bro. He ain't shit to me. Without the juice, he ain't nothing. He, yeah, he was Superman on the juice, but without the juice, it's a whole nother level, a whole nother game. So he knows he can't keep up with my pace. He knows that deep down inside. Okay. 
all right, man, and regardless of the situation, whatever happens here, are you going to train and prepare like the fight is going down on November 3rd at MSG? See, that's the thing is, is that's how I always train and prepare. You know, I train every day like I have a fight the next weekend. So I'm consistently improving and evolving. And that's why you've seen me get better every single fight. Go look back at every one of my fights. I consistently get better. I consistently raise the bar. And I'm just getting started, man. I'm young, man. I'm just I'm just beginning my my career. This journey has just begun. It just started now. Now, now that the stakes are raised, it's just getting started. So I will become the biggest name in the UFC, and, and I will be the face of the UFC very soon. Yeah, I have no doubt it is just getting started, man. It's been awesome to be along for the ride so far, and, and I look forward to the rest of it. Uh, in conclusion, my friend, what message would you have for Woodley in hopes that he takes this fight for November 3rd, and what would you say to all the fans out there supporting you? Uh, Woodley, you know, you, you, you're a bitch. That's all I got to say. Your rap albums suck. You can't act. You're a B-list movie role actor. You're a stuntman. You don't even get paid to be an actor. You're a stuntman. You suck at fighting. You're boring. You complain. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Just just sign the dotted line already. Stop trying to say, oh, I'll fight whoever. No one's really established himself. You know who the money fight is. You know who the real king of this division. That's me. So you can stop hiding. And, and when we get locked in that octagon, you will be leaving the octagon in a stretcher. And to all the fans out there that support you? All the fans that support me, you know, I, the thing about my fans that support me is, is they know I love them. You know, I don't have to tell my fans that I love them. They know I love them because... I give them those nuggets, those those good juicy nuggets, you know, where I'm talking shit on Bisping or I'm roasting Snoop Dogg or I'm just, you know, I, I'm 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 just make I'm roasting all these snowflakes, and, and that's why my fans appreciate me because you know I don't have to tell them I love them and respect them every day. They know that I respect them. That's why I'm, I'm making the UFC great again and, and I'm making it exciting again. That's what it's all about. You gotta you gotta bring the fun back to the sport because it's been lost. Everybody wants to deliver. Uh, violence and everybody can deliver violence but you can't create drama and that's what i'm doing uh that that is for damn sure man you're a marketing whiz in my opinion all right as always colby i greatly appreciate your time i know we'll catch up again soon uh the floor is yours my friend any shout outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go uh just big thank you to the troops all, all the men and, and women in the service uh, you know i can't thank you enough I fight hard for you every day. I'm going to continue to defend my belt and keep bringing it back for you guys in America. I'm America's champion. I'm the people's champion. And and just big, big thank you to Donald Trump. You know, everything he's doing for our economy, economy in America, he's, he's created more jobs. He's created more money for the economy. So big thank you to uh, Donald Trump and all the troops. God all bless right. America. God bless America. All right, Kobe. Thanks again, brother. You have a wonderful evening, my friend. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. Later, bud.